and your LGI Sleep Mode. Hey, folks, thanks for tuning into the BAMF Podcast. I am your host, Mike Lafferty, here today with RPG developer Craig Campbell. Craig, how are you doing, sir? I'm good. <laughs> thanks for coming out. Um, forgive me, I have to play our intro music. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. And that uh, that high-quality musical intro assures you, uh, gentle viewers, that you are, in fact, watching a high-quality um, podcast, ethically sourced, farm-to-table podcast, um, <laughs> fruity with notes of boldness. And speaking of notes of boldness... Are, are, we, here, are we making wine now? <laughs> our podcasts are like fine wine, Jacob. Ah, Yes. It was a metaphor. See, I'm a writer. I can do that. Uh, so, all right. Anyway, and the, the guy cracking wise and busting my balls is Jacob Blackman. Jacob, good to have you on board tonight. Yeah. So, Always great. Yes. You, sir, are running a Kickstarter. Uh, yes. Again. Again. <laughs> I've run so, a few this year. Uh, the, uh, the, the, um, the way I've heard that you sell this to people is it's kind of like um tron post-apocalypse i've also heard the description uh tron mixed with uh wreck it ralph um, um yeah there's there's uh elements of that uh the, the the initial pitch that i always threw out at people was tron meets mad max mm -hmm. um so uh you're playing uh characters who are programs living in a computer world a la tron um but the computer is crashing and perhaps for the last time, this is, as far as they're concerned, the apocalypse. Um, in the game, it's referred to as the collapse with the capital C. Um, so everything's falling apart. The old rules are out the window, like all these programs that were doing their jobs and kind of functioning and everything, keeping the system running, don't have to do that anymore. Um, they, uh, you know, they, there might be NPCs that are out there taking advantage um trying to secure resources um you know putting others under their thumb all that sort of thing you got the all and in any chaos that you can kind of think of that might be associated with an apocalyptic situation um and then on top of it you know like all this computer stuff that's kind of through and through we woven into it and there's monsters and weird system hazards and all sorts of other fantastical stuff cool cool um so, so one so npc one percenters who are stockpiling despite the fact that their world is literally not going to exist anymore. So why bother stockpiling? Political commentary. <laughs> well, it also depends on how you choose to play the game. Um, taking a page from uh, computer games, there are three modes to play. Uh, you can play easy mode, hard mode, or hopeless mode. Um, and in easy mode, the the collapse begins and it kind of levels off at like your mad max level everything is chaotic and and the old you know the old the old society is gone um and then in hard mode the apocalypse is happening and it's going to wipe everything out like it, there's going to be an end to everything but the characters can stop that they can they can prevent that from happening and then in hopeless mode is what you were referring to jacob where it's uh, you know the, the apocalypse is coming it's all going to end and there's nothing you can do about it i normally prefer a little more upbeat games <laughs> but i can see where some people might enjoy such a thing uh, i also see a lot of uh from 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 what i'm looking at a lot of uh good elements from like a show called reboot 
uh, not known by by some, but but loved by many, uh, where basically you're playing programs in, in a computer and trying who are trying to protect it from uh, the the bad guys who are viruses and stuff like that. And I, I can see I can see elements of that in here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I watched Reboot back in the day. Um, we were talking just before the we started talking on the show about uh, nostalgia movies and TV shows and things like that. And Reboot is definitely one of those for me. Um, I even went back and rewatched some old episodes um, when I was working on this to kind of remind myself. And I was like, I remember the overall of everything, but like it's it was, you know it was so long ago that like I I didn't remember specifics at all. It's like I remembered you know there's dot and you know hexadecimal and you know some of the characters and the general theme of the show. But then like oh yeah like in uh, that this is this episode is about like wow I completely forgot about this like um, I kind of forgot what the animation really looked like I remember what the characters looked like in my yeah, head but I forgot what the animation hated. looked like it's it's early <laughs> computer generated you know for television animation mm -hmm. um, but it was you know cutting edge at the time yeah the uh, the the, the, pre the premise looks looks neat I like the uh... I, I like the, the the whole Tron concept of it, especially with uh, uh, especially being able to draw on all sorts of different things. So you can basically make your program anything you kind anything you kind of want, whether it's like it's a maintenance program to 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 upkeep the computer, virus protection, you know, da data collection. It, it, it it's it's really neat how how versatile this this could be, and and given what the given the appearance of this digital world how unique you could make the characters look yeah it was uh it was kind of, it was like a bigger challenge than i think i've had probably with any game before where i was really kind of creating a world from the ground up um you know like just now you know there's references to draw upon there's tron and and, and uh, reboot and you know and all the things that we talked we talked about and some other things but like really creating it you know from the ground up and getting with the artist and working out with with dan morrison the artist like what should this look like how should the apocalypse be represented like what what does it look like when things start to break down um and uh just developing this whole world that you know like i haven't seen a lot of games out there that kind of depict the world inside of a computer in this sort of a way other than Usually, if they're if, if the world inside of a computer is depicted, it's like it's a full-on like human world simulation, but with some you know tweaks and stuff. It's like, it's like Matrix with like you know some stuff that's underlying it and weird stuff happens and stuff. Whereas you know this this allowed us to kind of go, um, you know, go a little wild and have a little fun with uh, you know program types that look very very different. They're you know verging on um, kind of looking a little bit robotic. Um, which is not an accident. Um, but then, um, you know, these really bold colors and, and stuff that Dan does, it was a lot of fun to develop. And um, there was a whole process. Like, this is very different from anything I've done before. Yeah, this is a big departure from Capers, which always kind of had <laughs> one, one foot in uh, recognizable heist genres, you know, heist, heist films. But uh, yeah, you've got some amazing art I've been trying to show off here. Um, looks really cool. Who's your artist? Uh, Dan Morrison, he's a Brit. Um, he does this like the like he does all he's done a bunch of uh, work on um, other board games and card games and RPGs. He did some work on Lancer um, and it, and his style is like, you know, his 
his dominant style. He, he does other stuff, but is there are these like really bold colors with like strong lines. Um, and we just kind of found uh, the level of detail and the level of, you know, kind of computeriness <laughs> that we could, we could make it happen while still being recognizable. That was one of the challenges was creating a world that um, still had recognizable elements. There's still people and buildings and vehicles and landscapes and so forth, but making it like, um, you know, not, not just look like photorealistic or even close to photorealistic all the time, letting it be computery. Cool. Cool. Um, congratulations on funding. You have funded, uh, how's Kickstarter going for you? Uh, good. Um, yeah, we funded, uh, the, the initial goal was to just kind of get the, um, the core of the book, you know, like here's the slimmest version. I've done this before. Like here's the slimmest version of the game. What I feel is like a complete game. Um, and then we'll, we'll have some stretch goals and we'll add pages to it and beef up the book. And then we'll eventually, hopefully fingers crossed. I think we have good, uh, you have a good chance of hitting, um, the, the level where, um, I can go from this being a, PO, a print on demand book to actually getting an offset print run. And so people will get like a, you know, a fancy schmancy book with, uh, with sewn binding and like glossy paper and much deeper, richer color, which is the thing that I want the most. I want Dan's artwork like to really shine um, from a printing press printing of the book rather than a print on demand because print on demand um, for all of its convenience um, is, you know, a high end laser printer. So the, the color, um, you can't get quite as deep and rich of color uh, through that kind of printing. Yeah, my hat is off to you, sir, because I got to tell you, as a publisher, I have been scared to death to do offset print runs just with all the <laughs> fluctuation and print costs and shipping costs. So, uh, oh, yeah, I got nailed. <laughs> I found I had, you know, I had I got quotes on this book three separate times. And each time the paper cost went up, each time the cost of the, of the uh, uh, you know, the per unit cost went up. Um, and I should, if all goes well, be able to get in the, the print order set before the printers start. Because uh, what happens is the printers, my understanding is usually put out um, a projection at the end of the year in December, what they expect. They, they, they'll raise costs, they'll raise prices again, um, based on expectations of, of paper shortage and, and so forth, um, and labor and so forth, um, as they project for next year. So um, I should be able to get the print running going on the current quote rather than having to have that bump up again oh so you could lock it lock it in at the price they quoted that's good that's cool um you have classes in this game yeah. uh so, sort of yeah that's that's kind of cool um kept looking at that part of the kickstarter so um are these analogous to um you know warriors wizards thieves or these are this is a whole new genre so that you can't really make one-to-one -one comparisons can you uh there's there's a little bit of that um basically you've got seven program types and they're you know they're described on the on the kickstarter page you can see them and just like as an example there are ops who are their programs who are part of operating systems and background um, processes and the things that keep the computer running the guts right you know the, the stuff that you never see happening um, and then on the, uh, you know, there's also uh, what are called SAVs, S-A-V, um, which is they are um, scanning and virus protection and firewall. Um, so they're sort of your warriors, you know, mm -hmm. ops are sort of your administrator types. Um, and then the, there's the other uh, program types. They, they all have kind of their, 
their core features. Um, and in fact, each of them has like two um, standard features and then a number of optional features. And those are always unique to them. Those are like class abilities. Um, and then there's what are referred to as upgrades in the game, which are abilities that anybody can take. So you can, you'll always have some things that your program type does that only you can do. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. How's the playtesting been? Uh, playtesting went pretty, pretty well. It was mostly fine tuning stuff because this is the, uh, it's what I call the roll track system. It's the system that was developed initially for good, strong hands, mm -hmm. um, which as it turns out, uh, is like a, a light, a, a beloved system because it actually got nominated for two Ennies this past year. Um, we talked about that. We did. Back. We did. Yeah. Um, and so this is just kind of an iteration of that system where I've, um, you know, just kind of tweaked a couple things about it. The core of the system is still the same, but you know, there's a few adjustments that have been made um, in order to uh, to fit the genre and kind of what uh, this game wants to do, as opposed to the fantastical. Mm -hmm. um kind of fantasy game of good strong hands cool and uh Fergman co-host Walt Rebilliard is cracking wise in the comments saying crap that Craig was going to fix that old Pentium 2 laptop I had yeah good luck <laughs> good to see you Walt I didn't know you were free hey, enough. I would ask you to co-host I figured Walt has been busy as a novelist I I always just assume that if it's a weekend Walt is busy somewhere drinking coffee and writing words so he usually is yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, um, so we have, you've almost doubled your, your goal, and you've got how much time left on this? Oh, nearly nearly a month from the time days. we're talking. Wow. It's still, I mean, it just launched this past Tuesday, so it'll go for four weeks and two days, you know, through, okay. through, the, through the Thursday. Wow, okay, so you're at end, end of October. You're in a really good spot then. Yep, long, long run. Well, we're in that middle run, right? You know yeah. how Kickstarters are. It's going to be a slog. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll punch through a, a stretch goal every now and then and um, hopefully get everything where we want it to be um, and get, get books out to people relatively quickly. It'll be a little slower than, you know, I've done some small games that get out, let, that I send out like right away. I mm -hmm. get done right away. But this is going to have a, you know, hopefully fingers crossed, a print run associated with it. So that'll push things by a few months because, you know, the printers, I'm not the only customer. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's, uh, it's always something. All right. Well, hey, let's talk stretch goals just real fast while we're on the subject. Um, funding, obviously $5,000 you're funded. The book embiggening protocol. I like the um, function unlocked. You add more program upgrades, cool things your character can do, and some additional fun engaging locales in the system, the world your characters live in. And the next stretch goal is book and beginning program protocol zero two eleven thousand dollars, which I would be shocked and amazed if you don't hit that at this point. You're kind of tiptoeing up to it, but um, you're less than two grand from there now. So yep, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, and there'll be a couple more of those, and then we'll kind of get to the point of uh, the uh, the print run um, happening, um, and then you know uh, I hope. I have I have dreams of putting together a um, a roll twenty module for this as well because it seems like a computer game you know game based in of, about around programs in a computer should absolutely have a roll twenty module, um, especially given that the match it, the map for the world is dynamic and changes um, in ways that only computer game world maps can change. Um, yeah, it seems almost a natural fit for roll twenty or some other VTT, right? Yeah, so that's that's one of the the hopes, and then there's a couple other things that you know maybe we'll we'll be able to do as well. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so you are also, if I'm 
not misspeaking, you are the president of the Indie Game Developer Network, correct? Uh, that is correct, I am. Okay. And you guys have something going on right now, a uh, diversity uh, sponsorship. I've got the link um, scrolling below on our very high quality scrolling banner, the bottom of the screen. That's tinyurl.com slash IGTN diversity. Let me share the page. Can you tell us what's up with this? Uh, sure. Uh, this is uh, the ninth year of the uh, diversity sponsorship. We run it um, every year around this time to um, seek out uh, game designers uh, in the table tabletop realm as well as LARPs who are from marginalized backgrounds and just don't have access as easily to um, some of the resources and mentors and um, you know this this we reach out it's international we get we get people involved from other countries um, as well as the US and um, people up who are interested um, and are from a marginalized background and are a game designer um, apply. Um, there's a there's a selection committee that goes through and we award um, whatever it is we're awarding that year to uh, the recipients. Um, for for many years, it was we covered costs of people going to Metatopia, which is a uh, a convention in New Jersey in November of every year. It's specifically a game designer convention. It's all about playtesting and networking and panels about learning how to get the game made. Um, of course, with COVID, Metatopia has not happened for a few years um, in person. So uh, for the uh, during that time, uh, the IGDN decided, okay, well, rather than using the money raised to pay for those things for Metatopia, we'll just put the money into the hands of the recipients. Here you go. You know what this is useful for. You know what you can, you know, you've certainly got expenses and things that you can spend the money on. You can hire editors and artwork and, um, and, and uh, you know, get things printed and, you know, replace your computer, whatever it is, you know, like it's money for you to, to help you make your games. Um, so it's a, it's a concrete way to encourage new voices in the gaming space. Yep, exactly. And then on top of uh, the monetary award, um, there's a number of uh, other uh, non-money <laughs> type things where um, each, each uh, recipient who wishes will have uh, a three-month um, mentorship with a member of the IGDN where they will, you know, meet on a monthly basis and, and they'll probably, you know, emails back and forth, whatever it takes. And they'll, that mentor will just help them with whatever it is they're looking to do, whatever they're, whatever they need help with. Um, there's also industry pro one-on-ones, which are very focused things where we get like um, people who are well-known name in the industry who have, uh, particularly who have like, you know, specialties, things that they're very, very experienced in. Um, to talk to them about stuff will help organize playtesting. Um, you know, we'll, uh, a, a, there's a couple other things. If you go to the page, um, there's a list of things that, um, that the recipients will have access to um, depending on their needs. And again, it's, you know, like they can use as little or as much of those benefits of the sponsorship as they want. Um, so we also have, you know, the, there's an application um, uh, that's circulating around. If you look for IGDN, um, it's well, I think IGDN online um, on Twitter, um, or just Google it up. Uh, if you follow the Twitter, you can find it. Um, if you go to the GoFundMe, the the application is in the GoFundMe. If you go to IGDNonline.com, the website, all the links are there. You've got links here as well. So we encourage anybody who uh, fits the bill who thinks that they might be able to benefit from some of the things we're offering to, to apply. And uh, we'll, we'll see how that all shakes out. Um, 
end of October. Basically, uh, the, the fundraiser will run end, through the end of October. The applications will close on, I think it's the 9th of October, um, whatever that Sunday is. It's the second Sunday in October, um, a week and a day from today, um, at which point the, the selection committee will start figuring out and start going through applications. Cool, cool. Um, and because I am an excellent host and this is a high quality podcast, I have made a tiny <laughs> URL. So it's easy to get to that link for the application. That's tinyurl.com slash IGDN application. And what's the deadline for signing up for that? Uh, that's the second Sunday of October. I've got, I don't have my calendar in front of me. That's, uh, is it the ninth? What's the date today? Today's the first, second. Yeah, it'll be in the ninth. Okay. Yeah, I think you said that. I apologize for making yep. your That's yourself. okay. You were you were probably getting that URL up. <laughs> because I'm a great conscientious and courteous. You are host. your own producer, which is, I am my own producer, is yeah. a forgivable <laughs> offense. <laughs> I try to get Jacob to do it, but he doesn't want to move to Colorado and live in my you know spare room. So alas, I have to do it myself. So you uh, you would have to pay all my moving expenses. Well, well, sell all your stuff. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, well, oh, see, now that's all, the problem. All my moving expenses. <laughs> I, I, I've seen your pictures. You have a lot of stuff, dude. <laughs> Just your Masters of the Universe collection is, is uh, substantial. Museum quality. So, <laughs> And for folks who might be interested saying, hey, I'm an indie game developer. How do I find out more about the IGDN? I'm guessing the first step in that journey is IGDNonline.com where we can uh, find out what you guys are all about and apply if we are into that. Yeah, there's a link there um, for applying to that as well. Um, the application process doesn't take long to go through. Basically, there'll be, I think, you know, a little back and forth with the um, membership coordinator and then uh, a questionnaire, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't take long for the, for the questionnaire process to the application process to go through it's not one of those things that like you you won't find it out for five months like if you apply you'll you'll find out fairly quickly okay cool cool excellent that's again that's igdnonline.com and um you can do the application for the diversity um grant at igdn tinyurl.com slash ign igdn application at the banner up right now and if you want to donate the gofundme is easily found at tinyurl.com slash IGDN diversity. So Craig, it's always a pleasure having you on, sir. Um, anything else we want to mention before we wrap it up? If you enjoy content like this, please support the <laughs> BAF Patreon. Yes, please do. And give us give us money so we can give you more, you know, awesome music and better guests and maybe a producer. <laughs> A new Indian producer, producer. <laughs> and, 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 and I can move in with Mike. And <laughs> I got a nice treehouse out back, Jacob. It, it, I'll let you come in when it gets snowy. It'll be all right, man. We, we could have a zip line and crossbows. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, that'd be spectacular! Like as the show but, opens, but, you could zip no, line. In. We, we got we got a Patreon. You know, it, it, it does help <laughs> help the channel out and and help helps helps bring more awareness to to the channel and everything we're doing in the future so you can also buy us a coffee because yeah. um, we run on caffeine and that's co-fee.com slash bamfod um and we appreciate your support so uh once again thanks for your time craig jacob always a pleasure talking to you guys and we will catch you next time on the bamf podcast go back code warriors yes